Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Personalization Outbreak Podcast, your go-to podcast for meaningful conversations with influential leaders from different sectors every week. Now, our guest today is Brad Lee. He's the founder and CEO of Lightspeed VT. Brad built Lightspeed VT into a multi-million dollar global tech company from scratch, and his vision is to become the world's leading interactive training system. Brad is also the host of one of the top entrepreneurship podcasts called Dropping Bombs and the author of The Real Deal. In fact, our 2021 Leadership in the Age of Personalization Summit is going to be hosted by Lightspeed VT in Las Vegas with in-person guests and speakers and live streaming for everyone. Together, we will ensure that our efforts to transform and grow are also strengthening humanity and sustainability not only across organizations, sectors, and industries, but also across generations, departments, and teams. So make sure to visit the Summit website at 2021summit.ageofpersonalization.com to learn more about this year's summit and register free thanks to our host, Lightspeed VT, and sponsors City of Hope, Target, and Banfield Pet Hospital. Now, during this podcast interview, we will talk about how the future of learning and training is getting heavily dependent on providing a customized pathway for students and why focusing on simplicity can awaken our common sense and generate a sense of clarity that can be extremely valuable for all of us. Brad will also share the formula for deploying a successful e-learning program and why bridging the content delivery platform with the content producers is critical to the future of e-learning. So before we get started, please click the like button below, share it with your colleagues, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and social media at Glenn Yopis so that you can stay in touch with our most recent content about leadership in the age of personalization. Let's get started. You are listening to Personalization Outbreak, a podcast about the collapse of traditional corporate standards in today's more personalized world. I'm Glenn Yopis. I'm a leadership strategist, author, contributor to Forbes, and founder of the Leadership in the Age of Personalization movement. On this show, I'm interviewing executives across multiple sectors to find out how the balance between standardization and personalization can exist. Brad. Welcome to the show, man. Great to have you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm, I'm honored and, and blessed to be on such a prestigious podcast. Well, first of all, Brad, you know that you and I go a long way, and I'm proud of you, and I'm glad that we're finally able to do this together. I know I've been on a couple of your drop, drop and Bombs podcasts, and it's legendary for all of you who haven't uh, had a chance to, to experience it. But, Brad, before we jump into the topic today around you know, what you think your views are on the future of learning and and the role that online training will play. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Lightspeed. I'd like our audience to get to know who Lightspeed is and and why is it that it's now the world's leading interactive training system? You know, 20 years ago, I felt what it was like to help somebody, you know, learn something that made a massive impact in their life. And so I went out on the road to do it, you know, to, for more people. 
And when I was out on the road, I realized that training isn't really what people think it is. Right now, I think people confuse exposure with training. So I did. And so I fixed it with this technology. And over the last 20 years, we keep evolving it to where effectively we help two types of people, companies and organizations that want to train their people better. And then subject matter expertise like yourself or anybody that has, you know, a real valuable uh, knowledge or skill set that can be teached or taught in any way, teached, see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to think too hard. That it can be taught, you know, over the internet and or with some blended live uh, solutions. Well, then we help those guys bring it to market. So really, Lightspeed's a web-based technology that, that is the tool that Lightspeed, the company, uses to help you train people better and monetize content. The, the platform and the technology that we created is just the tool. The company, because it's confusing, is the people or are the people that know kind of what happened over the last 20 years and, and how to implement and roll out said programs within organizations and how to structure it, et cetera. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. And we're going to come back to it in just a moment. But uh, so, so, Brad, let's get to know you as an individual for a moment. All right. All right. So part, part of the, the unique way that I, I've experienced, do you think, the way you think is that you're all about fierce simplicity. Why do we need to focus more on being more simple? Because that's what you're about. Yeah. Well, I just think there's, there's, you know, it's key to be clear on where you're going, what you're doing it, because it'll make it easier to get there. So I could say in 10 words, what I could have said in four, and I just believe the four would have been better for simplicity reasons to help people grasp what it is you're talking about. Quicker. So keep going. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we want to get to the, we want to get where we're going. Right. Yep. So listen, we could confuse each other by using, you know, $10 words and creating all of these stories about a story to get to a question that you asked that you, that I'm not even answering with my story, but we could get rid of all that and just cut to the chase and just get direct. Well, if I'm going from A to B, if I can, exclude all that noise and just get, bam, what's the answer? I'm going to get where I'm going quicker. So why is it that you think that most people don't have common sense? Well, I think they do. They just don't use it. I think we all have common sense. We're just not using it. Why? I think we're, I think we're indoctrinated, you know, in, in, in schools. And I think we're, you know, uh, taught incorrectly. So I tell people to kind of, create a different perspective and just question things. And when you question things, believe it or not, other things seem a little more obvious. You know what I mean? And that's common sense. So how do we get people to have a greater sense of clarity? Because I know that ultimately it's clarity that you solve for people. And, you know, that's why you built Lightspeed VT. And, and that's why you enjoy teaching those that perhaps haven't been taught the life lessons that you've learned along the way. Well, I just believe, I just believe, you know, pure information is better than diluted, bloated information. So Brad, you're the focus igniter. How do we help people uh, stay focused at a time of so much uncertainty? Raise the value of what they're focusing on is what I would say. 
if you're not focused on something, it's because you don't value it very much. Your, your priority, your, your priorities are not, you know, whatever that is. So you have to attach it to, to a bigger goal or priority or vision for yourself. If you're not focusing on it, it's only because it's not, it's not important enough. So talking about importance, I mean, shouldn't we have a greater focus right now on what the future of learning? And uh, I think you're, you're the perfect person to talk about this, given what not only what you've experienced over the last 20 years, but also where you see the future of online learning. So give us a sense of what the what is the future of learning, Brad? Where is it headed? Learning, learning and online learning are not necessarily different things. At the end of the day, one's a modality. One is how did I do it is just happened to be online. Learning is learning. And I think in the future, learning is going to be heavily dependent on a customized pathway, meaning right now we cause the, the, the students, the consumers to adapt to the content, especially in our education system. And I think in the future, the content will adapt to the individual. Scott, jump in. What are you thinking? Um, that what Brad is saying is right in line with what a lot of the innovators are trying to do in terms of both all the three sectors that we often talk, talk about, right? Whether it's healthcare, business, or higher ed. And, and I don't mean to have higher ed leave out basically education as a whole. Um, and really the exciting thing for me is this, it started in the very beginning with the exposure is not training. Right, just the exposure to something, just putting something, somebody in front of a book or a screen or an idea doesn't mean that they're getting it, doesn't mean that they engage it, don't, doesn't mean that they actually can use it or deploy it in, in any, any meaningful way. And for me, what's exciting about you know, the future of, of the educational side of this is, is frankly that there is, there's momentum towards, um, towards essentially getting rid of you know, you talked about simplicity versus clarity. I think when you said simplicity, Brad, I, I, I think that you, like clarity is what you were talking about. Like not everything is simple, but the clarity we can do, right? And so I'm gonna bring this back down full circle to back to the exposures and training. And this is the thought that, that really, you know, when we talk about what are we trying to do when we're training somebody or when we're teaching somebody, like what is the purpose? What is the tool? Where are we going? Um, ultimately. The idea of information exchange as education has long been gone. And that's one thing I appreciate about Brad's approach, right? Is that he does, he's not trying to revamp how do we deliver information. Um, as a matter of fact, he's trying to disrupt the system to the point where we're realizing that information's already out there. And what we need to do is to help create tools and, and modes for people to ask questions to then go find this information, to think about this information, to then produce more. Right. So anyway, I, I really appreciate Brad's approach with this idea of, you know, the 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 as we call it in higher ed, the stage on a stage uh, phase of things is gone. But that's the same thing for, for for corporate leadership. It's the same thing for healthcare. It's no longer about somebody getting up and saying this is how it is. And the more that we do education, healthcare, and business um, outside of that frame, and more of the of of, of thinking of what we're doing. Uh, is both content and tools and finding a better way to, to build that, we're gonna be better teachers because we're gonna be teaching people about questions and about how they can find their own questions, articulate their own questions, and then what sort of resources and tools are out there to pursue those answers. Um, anyway, I, I ramble a bit, but I, I, I am excited about the confluence here. 
So, Brad, how do you react to, to what Scott's talking about here? Well, he basically agreed with me, and so I must agree with him. I concur. <laughs> but, you know, it, in my mind, the only thing he said that I didn't agree with is, and then he was just doing it as a, as a gesture, is he said the idea. It's not an idea. Uh, you know, Lightspeed was an idea 21 years ago. Now it's a practice and it's a common practice. I can help companies and, and uh, organizations develop a world-class training and communication platform, which by the way, training without communication is kind of, you know, again, those two go together if you really want the end result. So right now we want to cover our butts. We want to check a mark and say they've been trained when, when, when we know they haven't, but you know, that, that doesn't matter. You're paying me to march them through the room which most businesses do. Most businesses don't really actually want to train their people. They want to be able to prove they train their people, which is ironic because unless you're testing every single one of them and you're really measuring comprehension, you're never going to know if they actually got it, even if just by simple test at the end of the semester or class or whatever. Why? Because that's called memory recall. That's not called, you know, absorption of information. The knowledge transfer has happened, right? Repetition. Here's four things that you have to have. You have to have good content, right? Because if you train them effectively to do it wrong, they'll do it wrong. So you have to get your hands on good content to begin with, right? The right way to do it, okay? Whether that's an opinion or not, that's subjective. It doesn't matter. Somebody makes the opinion of what good content looks like, and then we deliver it with repetition, practice, and accountability. Businesses don't want to hold their people accountable. I've trained businesses where they're prior to me, their, their idea of training was marching someone into a room talking to them for an hour and then letting them go. Well, the problem with that is they didn't test everybody. They didn't know who really heard anything, right? So all we did is we just took the, the technology we developed for my training and, you know, we started showing it to other people like the, you know, subject matter experts. So now we have a lot of different subject matter experts using the platform to deliver that expertise, but we still do the same thing. Now we deliver good content with repetition, practice, and then accountability. Like a lot of times managers, they don't even know what that level of employee went through and you manage them. Like how, how am I supposed to manage a, a group of employees across the United States, no less, and I don't even know what it is they're supposed to be doing. Why? Well, because I wasn't in the training. That's, that's their training. I have my own training. I have leadership training. I have management training. I'm not real sure what they were trained. Well, how's that possible? So if the, if, if the companies in question, especially larger organizations, understood that if they just delivered good content with repetition, practice, which most of them miss, and accountability, and they point that force, that's a, that's a saber. They point that force at any area of business. They will see an improvement, ironically, with the highest ROI they'll, they can make. Like the, the, they won't realize a better ROI than training effectively. What most people are doing is they're spending a bunch of money training ineffectively. They're getting a diluted re result, if any, flash in the pan type solutions. And they believe that's because that's traditional. That's the way it's been. That's the way we do it. You know, our educational system is teaching our kids things that don't matter anymore. You know, and nobody stopped and said, hey, we, we need to update this curriculum. Like nobody really cares if George Washington has wooden teeth. I've never used it before. Why did I have to go to calculus in case calculus season hit me and, and you wanted me prepared for that in the real world? No, where's how to make, how to, how to build a relationship, how to manage your credit, how important credit is. Where's the classes in school? And I'm not talking higher education, even though I'd question that too. 
where's all of this information uh, in schools? It's not there. And then when you get to higher education, you're listening to someone who listened to someone who listened to someone. You're not listening to the people who did it. The people who did it don't even agree half the time with the people who are in there preaching about it. So guess what? Nowadays with the internet, the, the internet, the connectivity we have as a human being, as a human race, we can plug into the dude who did it. What would you rather learn from a professor that read about it? Or would you rather learn from the guy who built the 10 figure company? Problem is it's a guy that built the 10 figure company. We don't get to talk. We're always, everything, you can. Read, everything we do is talking to a person that talked to a person that talked to a person. That's, that's, that's humankind. And I just, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm nervous about, I'm nervous about good content. First of all, I'm nervous about how we discern good versus bad content. What is the rubric? Exactly. And then second, the other thing I'm worried about is we, we're leaving out the idea and the challenge of how do we actually generate and create good content? Because content, like humans, evolves. And what we know about the world today is different from before. What do you think? I just talk to me a little bit about this. Well, you have several questions, and I can only answer one at a time because based on how we decided to handle that would determine you know, the rest of the answers. I follow you anywhere, dude. And the solutions that would come up. But but your first question, how do we you know, determine what's good content? Well, number one, who's we? OK, what's good to me is not going to be good to you and vice versa. Cool, you, cool, you, cool, give, yeah. you give the individual the ability to discern what their own good content looks like. OK, I that's the problem with that. education. We're telling you this is what you need to learn. Well, how the heck do you know what I need to learn? Well, because we're the school. Okay, and you've been teaching this crap for a hundred years. Like, guess what? Where's my where's my internet training? Like in, in school. Like that's gonna make me successful. How do I leverage social media? How do I build a relationship? How do I close deals? How do I negotiate? How do I borrow money? How do I am I financial literate literacy uh, uh, qualified at all? Like, do I understand anything about money? Because when I graduated, we didn't. And guess what? I go look. It's still the same. There's so much to talk about there, right? Um, there's so much to talk about there. Uh, but I don't want to derail the conversation, but where would you like us to go with this? Because like, oh, there's- oh, No, 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 guys. I got to answer him because I love Scott, dude. He's, listen, I love talking to really intelligent people that have something to say. So this is no a more, for me. This I'm is no a more, for me. Usually I'm, usually I'm talking to a camera and I don't know who's actually listening to me. So- <laughs> Dude, I'm no more intelligent than any of us on this call or anybody that's even maybe watching later on, man. Like literally, this, this is this is equal stuff. My real concern, brother, man, is this, is that I hear where you're going. And when it comes to characterizations and, and, and caricatures of reality, I think what you're saying works and it is simple and it is easy to communicate. That said, I don't know that it really captures the true dynamics of what's going on in both education and in corporate worlds, but we could also include healthcare as well. I just, I think, I think it's basically looking at only the first like layer of, of depth here. And, and, and I'm cool with that because we do need efficiency of communication. But one thing that efficiency of communication allows is for a lot of lies and bad content to essentially squeak through unchallenged. And in school, the way that I and everyone around me that I know teaches, the last thing we want to do is teach the answer. What we want to teach is how do you ask questions? How do you find answers? And the very last thing I ever ask anybody to do is tell me the right answer because I don't believe in any of them. So, so this goes back to my question about the challenge that you actually are working on that's, that's fantastic in terms of taking it to a whole different area 
with what you're doing with Lightspeed, and that is how do we do this? How do we express these ideas that are complicated in a clear way? And how do we also make sure that we're not gatekeeping good and bad knowledge prior to the training starting? Like there's, it's tough, man. I, 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 think, well, I think- I think sometimes we bite off more than we need to. Like a lot of these questions, how do we make it? Well, there's gonna be a myriad of, of alternatives. I can take out my iPhone and make good content. This right here is good content. Uh, there's, there's content being generated every day in your lifetime. Like literally, if I followed you around with a camera, you, there's there's things to learn that when you speak with your wife or or your or your or your or your kids or your or your you know employers, you know, speak using good good contents generated everywhere. The question is, is who determines whether it's good or bad? Well, again, you're never going to get everyone to agree on what's good and what's bad. So why try? Let them decide. We're 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 not we're not here to determine what you should be listening to. I don't think I like freedom, but. Yeah. At the end of the day, if we had a technology, which I do, that can ask questions and interactively change the direction of the education and or the module, if you will, because we just create interactive videos. So literally, if I put you in a studio for two weeks, I could almost emulate a real live encounter with Scott Lacey speaking about, for example, you know, um, anthropology. That's one of the most frightening thoughts I've ever heard of that got me excited. <laughs> now, 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 hold on real quick, Glenn, because then I could also go over to a, a politician yeah. and, and give them to have a virtual town hall where you see their position on all the various things with the same tool. It's just interactive video. And then I could also have a kid, you know, pick from a purple dinosaur, whether they're interested in math or science or art or crafts or something else. Like, why are we telling the kid, hey, you know, you've got to learn this. Well, let the kid flourish in where the kid goes i think again that's just me i'm but again that's what i mean by we're never going to agree like that's just me i'm not necessarily the right one but that's my opinion and if i had a system that i could give my kid a password and and realize that by the time they get through this curriculum they're going to be brighter happier less depressed okay more educated more able to succeed in the in the world by themselves more able to contribute to society all of the other things like again that's still an opinion of what i believe it should produce, but you'd have your own. But that's the thing. What if we could customize our own? Where I take, where I take yours, and I take Glenn's, and I agree. And guess what I do? I make Brad's, which is a combination of Scott and Glenn's. Now, again, there's companies out there. There's companies out there paying huge dollars for these consultants to come in and tell them how they should be doing it. But the consultants come in, make a bunch of assumptions read their analytics and then make a suggestion. That's all they're doing. And then the question is whether the business agrees with it and wants to implement it, which for that kind of money, they usually do. The question is now, how do we transfer this knowledge to the freaking 50,000 people in 600 different areas? Well, you better do it with repetition, practice and accountability. Cause if you do it any other way, it's a nightmare. Okay. So Brad, let's shift gears a little bit. Okay. Come on. Let's shift gears. So what, what do you tell an organization that it, without repeating what you said, I mean, everyone seems to be challenged by finding the right online platform. Yeah. Um, what's keep this simple for us. Keep, keep it simple for us in, in, in a minute or less. What are the, 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 the required tools to deploy a successful online learning platform? Because uh, it seems like um, they can learn a lot from it. Okay. 
Number one, most learning platforms or learning management systems that you're referring to, they allow you to host content. You want one that'll help you create content that has tools to create content. Okay. If you want, you want one that has interactivity so it can adapt to the individual. It's not one size fits all cookie cutter. It's, it can adapt to your business model. It can, it can adapt to your hierarchy. It, you can create different content roles. So it's basically granular to create a custom experience, if you will, which will just increase engagement, overall adoption. Okay. Hold on a second. So number one is it can create content. Number two, it can adapt to the individual. What's three? Three is that it's uh, ultimately, in, I would say, engaging, which, you know, leaderboards, community, Q&A. It's a hub. It's a portal. It's, it's, a, it's a culture. It's a culture of learning that you, that you implement from the get-go. And you implement it by issuing a password to such technology that does have interactivity. It does have good content. It will provide the repetition and the practice and the role and the, and the role playing and the accountability for whomever to make sure that that information is delivered and not only delivered, but how about implement it? Because just because you know, it doesn't mean you're going to go do it on the job or do it at the, at the hospital. So in some cases, it's going to be a little bit more critical. Well, we're going to, we're going to, in those cases, maybe take your picture every five seconds and store it with the training session. Why? Well, because I need to, to make sure you didn't look at a book, I can lock your computer. I can let a proctor come in and watch you and, and, and you know, have online proctoring. So there's a lot of solutions that can be implemented into our technology, but it's really just a tool like an iPhone. Like, what do you use this for, Glenn? You, you say, you know, I use that to, you know, let Annette know I'm going to be 20 minutes late. And then what do you use it for, Scott? Well, I use it to have the Uber come get me. Well, those are two different things. Same tool. That's Lightspeed. Lightspeed is a is an interactive training and communication platform. You're asking about a learning the learning platforms that are out there. The main difference is they host content, and ours is designed to get you to learn it. Right, deliver, track, and measure that content. Theirs is designed to give you a spot to hold it all. Okay, so here's another question that I keep hearing that I'm not so con- I'm not sold on yeah. that as we try to individualize content in learning for the individual, that AI is the end all be all solution. What's your reaction to that? Oh, AI is coming kids, as we all know. And I believe that this is going to be a game changer because instead of, instead of somebody having to figure out this interactive path that has to be created with my technology, by the way, you know, the, the thinking about it is more important than the tool. You know, if I dump, if I dump all the tools to build a house at your house and come back in six months, will there be a house or a mess? Because if you did it to me, dude, there's going to be a mess six months after you drop off all the tools and supplies to build a house. Cause I don't know how to build a house. Okay. Now, could I get it built? Sure. I could call a general contractor. I could get the job done, but you don't want to do it yourself. And too many companies out there, they buy these LMSs that are kind of do it yourself models then they don't get any adoption. It's not really training people anyway. It, it, in most cases, it's flat out obnoxious. And the employee base is making fun of the executives and the management teams because they don't even know what each other's doing half the time. They're committees and this, and there's nobody listening and or adapting anything. That's, I believe, the age of personalization, which you might know something about, no? You bet I do. So, so, so again, I mean, if, I, if, I, if a company approached me and said, listen, Brad, We'll pay you any fee you want just to just to build us a world-class training system 
not just videos. Okay, I watch mixed martial arts, doesn't make me a black belt. Okay, I've watched anthropology shows. I'm not an anthropologist. Okay, watching it doesn't necessarily train you, that exposes you to information. And again, I don't know where you guys are at in California, but you know, Nevada, you can get arrested for exposure. In Alaska, exposure can kill you. And here we are doing it to our employees and our customers. You know, like when you onboard a new customer to your brand and you basically just expose them and puke a bunch of information at them. And then you're wondering why they don't love your product like you thought they would. They don't even know your product like you thought they do. Okay, so how do we how do we get that accountability? It's easy. Real time tracking. So now instead of sending Glenn a brochure, I send Glenn a password. I see if he logged in, which is the equivalent of opening it. I see if he understands it, which is the equivalent equivalent of reading it. I get real-time data, which allows massive. Now, again, you apply that to education. You apply that to healthcare. You apply that to the military. Okay, It's going to be a completely different result, different objective. But at the end of the day, it's the same tool. The ability to create interactive content, deliver, track, and measure it, and then create deep analytic reporting metrics built behind it, underneath the hood, triggers, notifications, things that are happening. It's like having a real-time full-time trainer in person. Now, when you apply that AI you're talking about, well, again, problem with AI is garbage in, garbage out. So, so listen. Inequality uh, in, inequality out. You know, what's, you know what's more powerful than AI, I believe? Authentic intelligence, which means whoever thought up AI, okay, is smarter than AI. Now, the, the, the fear is that it won't remain that way because the AI are talking and they just shut down a couple of AI robots because they were speaking their own language. Did you guys read about that? Mm-hmm. These, these two separate entity robots with AI-based robots started their own conversation and they started communicating completely in a new language that the, the developers didn't understand. So they just shut them down. So like AI gets really, really intelligent quickly. So I see it coming and I see it being a big advantage in, in, the, in the future. We're, I'm, I'm eager to say, listen, Glenn, you log in with this password and, and you will, you'll go through a series of, you know, conversation. And, and by the time you're done, dude, you'll be the most satisfied customer in the world. Why? Because that AI is going to go out and research every possible piece of content offering in milliseconds and spit up to you the best possible match for you. Okay. You know, by the way, like sometimes, believe it or not, there's going to be people that would listen and learn from Scott Lacey far better than I. And then there's people that would listen to both of us and they would, they would learn and listen to me better than Scott. Why? Maybe the way I say it, maybe that simplicity, maybe the, the, because I'm wearing a golden night shirt and they can relate. I don't know, but I guarantee you learning is an individual thing. It's not a one size fits all thing. And when you train and develop people, it's the same thing. Why? Because you're dealing with people. Scott, why don't you give us some closing comments and our final question for Brad? Um, yeah, I think at least where I'm, where I'm sort of uh, at in terms of the conversation is, is the reassuring part, I think, at least for me, and I hope for, for Brad and, and, and others on the call, is that I think where, we, where we're in agreement is where we go back to a uh, point that Brad made earlier when he's saying, like, how do I engage somebody that's not engaged? How do I pull them in? And he went, he didn't talk about platform at that point. He talked at the meta level. He said, 
I raised the level of engagement. And that doesn't mean how much we're talking about. He said, I raised their, their ability to engage. So if, if this, if talking about making this pen doesn't really get them going, let's talk about something else. Maybe let's talk about the importance of the pen for writing. Oh, they're like writing. So let's get them in on this pen stuff by talking about writing, by raising the level. And I think that's one area for sure where Brad and I are 100% in alignment. And, that, and, and that's ultimately, I think, what's going to guide these conversations. Um, to close that, what I am going to say is that we have been flying fast and furious with a lot of very um, quick, and that's because we only have the time to, but like with AI, like to talk about AI as if it's a singular thing and, and, and to, 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 to find clarity by oversimplifying it, we, we miss out on both opportunities and dangers. So here's where I think we connect in a great way to move forward, and that is what I'm understanding is that Brad has really got some great concepts, ideas, and, and is out there deploying them and discovering more in terms of the platform that people need to engage and create community for learning, regardless of where that comes from. I love that. And I think that's important. And I think where I'm sitting, right, is I'm sitting in an, kind of in a parallel chair saying, yeah, I'm going to need some help with platforms. Like we're going to need better, plat more platforms, enrichment. We need to build online community the way that we used to try to build it in person. And that's what Brad's working on. But my area isn't to build the platform. It's literally to think of content in ways of engagement. And so really, Brad and I, in terms of representing different sectors, we're very much partners in this. And I love that even though if we go into the micro business of platforms and what platforms are doing now, what they could do later and what they have done, we're going to probably get into silly arguments that mean nothing and that are about air. And if we did the same thing about content, where I talk about the importance of content and how you do content and this and that, we're going to talk about air again. All of it's just going to give blah, 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 right? It won't really matter that much. But we need to engage with each other by going to what Brad says, that higher level. And that higher level is our deliverable. And Brad, the thing that, uh, that makes me with you on this 100% is that you said, I could get rid of all this other assessment crap. What I want to know is, is this, for example, in education, is this kid happier? Is this kid better adapted to make, make a fulfilling life and to engage with people? Is this person able to create knowledge? Is this person able to make questions, right? And so ultimately the platformers and the content producers and the, they're both deliverers, right? And the more that we engage with that higher level meta purpose, the more we're gonna find synergy. And the one warning I have is that we will not ever find that synergy if we spend too much time at the lower levels, which is how do you make the trinkets and what trinkets are best? That's kind of where I'll put it out. And Brad, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that to see if I'm actually kind of onto something. Is this something, did I find a Venn diagram for us? Yeah, I would say, yeah, that was outstanding. Like I said in the beginning, love talking to smart people. Um, you're one of them, man. <laughs> well, look, at, in, in the age of personalization, you know when to step away like I have today. Uh, because it was clear that the conversation. <laughs> may I, may I, only because I believe I wrote something that just touched on what Scott Lacey just said. It's a, it's a three minute video. And Glenn, I urge you to allow me to play it to your listeners. Go for it. Okay. Let me share my screen. I wrote this to say exactly what it says. However, please allow it to finish 
save all comments till the end. Fair enough? Fair enough. Some people believe they are changing lives by creating great training. I know it sounds crazy, but we are stewards of knowledge and owe our customers the very best is a lie. Because as coaches and mentors, we're really only doing it for the money. At the end of our careers, we'll tell our families they mattered less. Our profession will know we are on track because profits are more important than results. I'm here to tell you, settling for the status quo is more real than living our lives every day for something greater. Anyway, who we are at work and home and in our community is different. And I don't believe that we're surrounded by people that truly care. You should know it's just a job. And it's hard to say that there is a spirit alive in my work. We are a part of something special will never be uttered from our mouths again. We're done innovating and trying harder. We must confess that by being a part of creating great training today means lowering our standards is the only solution. Treating customers like family. Once upon a time, work was family. But this will not be true in the next era. We need more to keep people trained, experts tell us. Over the next 10 years, we will see more people with a lack of skill than ever before. I do not agree that the customer comes first. In the future, they can wait on me because I'm the one with the answers. No longer can it be said that we owe it to our customers to create great training and invest in the very best technology. In the future, as now, it is clear that we will do less, with less, for less. It is crazy to think that there is hope. But if we truly believe that we are changing lives by creating great training, then there is hope. It is crazy to think that we will do less, with less, for less. In the future, as now, it is clear that we owe it to our customers to create great training and invest in the very best technology. No longer can it be said that they can wait on me because I'm the one with the answers. In the future, the customer comes first. I do not agree that over the next 10 years we will see more people with a lack of skill than ever before. Experts tell us we need more to keep people trained, but this will not be true in the next era. Work was family once upon a time. Treating customers like family is the only solution. Lowering our standards? By being a part of creating great training today means we must confess that we're done innovating and trying harder will never be uttered from our mouths again. We are a part of something special. There is a spirit alive in my work, and it's hard to say that it's just a job. You should know we're surrounded by people that truly care. And I don't believe that who we are at work and home and in our community is different anyway. 
living our lives every day for something greater is more real than settling for the status quo. I'm here to tell you results are more important than profits. We are on track because our profession will know they mattered less. At the end of our careers, we'll tell our families as coaches and mentors, we're really only doing it for the money is a lie because we are stewards of knowledge and owe our customers the very best. I know it sounds crazy, but changing lives by creating great training? Some people believe they are. Yeah, beautifully done, Brad. I, I really love it. I'm going to take, if you don't mind, Glenn, I'll do my response first, uh, uh, just to, to, to respect, to offer my uh, thoughts on it. And then I'll just give it to you for the close. But bottom line, I love what you had, what you did, how you did it, right? It speaks again to, you know, there's, there's, there's importance to both platform and content. And when they're aligned, it can really leave a mark on, on a person, right? It can take them in directions and leave them off in a, in a whole other space, right? Uh, so I really commend you for that. It was, it was, a, it was a beautiful thing. And in honor of you, I'm going to tell you how Scott Lacey would make that clear and more simple. I was Spread love. Spread love. That's it. <laughs> anyway, I did that for you, man. For you, because man, well, you, know, you, know, you know how the video said coaches and mentors. That could have said teachers and professors. That could have said parents. I'm with you. I'm with parents and employers. Like it's all of us. I'm with you. And and spread love. That's your message. And and that's how we connect. And I love how you said it. And I love that you took more words than me to say it because that reminds uh, me. I like we that. We can take turns with being simple and we can take turns with being complex. And what makes us both stronger in terms of all of us together is that when we recognize we are not one of those things, we are all of those things at any one time, we shift in and out of it. And that gives us the space to be our authentic selves, which is truly inauthentic because we evolve and we change. So thank you, Brad, for that, that beautiful video. I appreciate the sentiment and the time with you. I'm gonna pass it back to you, Glenn. I'm just gonna close by saying that was a, re a, a reflection of what it feels like when you can balance the age of standardization with the age of personalization. In other words, what he basically said is we need both the platform and the content, but it's really about the individual that's driving new standards for success and that there is no hierarchy. There's responsibility and that there's love and that there's a deeper sense of intimacy that we're all responsible for if we're going to push humanity and education and wisdom uh, forward uh, to make the world a better place. Brad, you're always an experience, my dear friend. Thank, Thank you so much for everything. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Nice to meet you, Scott. Great to meet you, Brad. Well, Thanks for having me out. And, and as we always close the show, when you lead in the age of personalization, you will see things that others don't. Do what others won't and keep pushing when prudence says quit. Thank you, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for listening to Personalization Outbreak. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. If you enjoyed the content, visit ageofpersonalization.com to check out our free streaming video series and learn how to get involved in the movement. I'm Glenn Yopis. I wish you a good day. And remember, without strategy, change is merely substitution, not evolution.